If you're a guest with us this morning, just want to welcome you here and uh, thank you for being here. We got just a few things that we want to cover uh, this morning before we go into the word. Uh, so first of all, if you want to go ahead and take out your phones and if you could turn those either off or silent, we'd really appreciate that. That way it doesn't go off uh, during service and kind of distract those around you. Also, uh, if you, while you got your phones out, go ahead and you'll see some of our texting services that we have here behind us. You can download the app. Uh, our New Life Christian Center app, and that is an, an amazing resource. It's a great tool to kind of navigate what's happening around here and kind of a little bit about our church as well. But you'll see our texting service uh, on there, the number 209-667-5433. And then that way, uh, if you text any of those words, those keywords, P News, Team, Pray, or Decision, uh, then you can keep up better with us and we can also keep up better with you. Now, some of you may still be getting the alerts from the Turlock campus. And if so, um, it's because you still haven't gone through there and actually texted uh, P News, P-N-E-W-S. And you, be careful, your phone will try to autocorrect it as well. So you actually have to force it to send that text to that number. And when you do that, you have opted into the uh, to the information and to all of the alerts for this campus specifically. The, the way to stop the other ones, if you're getting anything in and they'll actually say Turlock campus, just hit stop. Stop to that. Now, this is brand new. That's why we're going to keep coaching us through it. Probably the first Sunday of every month for the next six months, we'll keep reminding people of how to do that because, uh, because we don't want people getting information for Turlock uh, and then want to know, hey, where is that room here at this campus when it's something that we don't have here? It's something there. So uh, all that to kind of say, if you haven't stopped your alerts from coming from the Turlock campus, you, you can do that and also text P News to that number, 209-667-5433. And if you ever want to, uh, when we're going through announcements and things, you'll see the slides behind us. Just take out your phone and grab a quick snapshot of the screen, and that way you'll have it on your phone. But there's some other things that's happening. Also, um, we have our fall kickoff that's beginning this week, okay? So this week we have our fall kickoff. You'll see that our high school uh, begins meeting this Tuesday at 6 o'clock, and so our high school uh, kickoff, our high school and our uh, junior high or middle school kickoff is happening this week, but also our men's Bible study is happening this Tuesday, 6.30 a.m. The women's Bible study kicks off next week, okay, next Monday and Tuesday. Now, the one from Monday night, we have child care provided, and so if you want to sign up for that one, then just go register. Uh, we, you have to register uh, for that for that Bible study. So register and there'll, there'll also be something on there about your kids if you're bringing kids for childcare so that we have that information uh, in our system, okay? And then also uh, Kids Fun Night, uh, go back real quick uh, to the other one there, Robert. Kids Fun Night is kicking off the first Thursday of each month uh, beginning uh, in October, okay? So beginning next month, the first Thursday of the month, we're having Kids Fun Night for grades uh, thir three through fifth, third, fourth, and fifth graders, okay? So this is one of those things where we actually have handouts so you can grab at our starting point of this, but take out your phone, grab a snapshot of this. Uh, that way you'll know uh, what's coming up. We have a lot of things coming up over the next three months here at New Life because we are a very active uh, campus. And so we just want to make sure that we have uh, that information out there correctly. Uh, like we said, the student kickoff is happening this week. So if you have a junior high or if you have a middle school or a high school student, their kickoff is this weekend or this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, depending on what, what grade your, your child is in. Um, and they can bring all the friends they want. This is a big thing. Pastor Tito wanted me to push this big time. We have cards and starting point. Grab a couple of cards, take it to your friends. If you're in uh, middle school or high school, 
and make sure that you are here. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we wanted to make sure that we uh, promote that uh, pretty big. And then also our missions trip. We have a missions trip coming up. How, how many of you all have ever been on the missions trip? How many of you know that those of you that's been on the missions trip, it does actually more for you? <laughs> then you get to do uh, for them. Whenever we take missions trips, we're like, we're, we're going to this country, we're going to this city, and we're going to make a difference. And you do. But usually what happens is when you come back, you're changed. And so that's what I love about missions trips. So we have a mission trip coming up to, uh, I got to make sure I say this right, El Rancho Santa Marta. And all, the, and all you that speak Spanish are going, no, that's wrong. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> You actually were not even close, but that's where we're going. So that is happening on in November, November the 10th through the 18th. It's only $350 per person. That's super cheap for a mission trip if you've never been on one. So if you uh, have more information, you can come get one of these cards uh, at, at starting point immediately after, or you can just take a picture of that screen, and then you can kind of, uh, there, there's a QR code on this. And you can scan that code, and then all the information will be there for the application and all that. And that goes directly to Pastor John. Pastor John oversees missions for, for New Life, and he can give you a lot more information. They're going to they're have a couple of meetings uh, beforehand. Uh, but uh, Pastor Dave, I think, is going on that trip as well. So he, he hasn't been on the mission trip in, in a while, and he said he wants to go on that one. So that's a lot. There's a lot happening here, right? So the best thing to do is to download the app, go to the website. All of the information is on there. We can stand up here forever and talk about everything that's going on, but we want to spend this time uh, really uh, connecting with what God has for, for this campus this morning. We also want to say that if this is your first time here, we have a gift for you. So if you go to Starting Point, head out those double, double doors, turn to the book, bookshelf there on your left, and you'll see one of these mugs, and that is our gift to you for being a guest here with us at New Life. And if you are here for the first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. That's right. And we mean that from the bottom of our hearts. You are home when you're here. One of the favorite, I know I say this a lot, but one of my favorite things to hear from people when they're here for the first time is they say, you know, I never felt like a stranger. I felt like this was like home for me from day one. And that's what, that, I love to hear that, that we are real, that we are authentic, that we are genuine here. And when we say welcome home, we really mean that you are home and this, you can consider this your home on the weekends, especially on Sundays. Well, we're going to be doing communion at the end of service. Okay. So if you have those elements uh, ready, uh, we're not going to do those just yet. We're going to do that at the end of the service. And we have something kind of special planned uh, towards the end of the service in conjunction with communion uh, for this Sunday. The, this is the first Sunday of the month and we always do communion here at New Life the first Sunday of the month. But we are kicking off a brand new series uh, beginning today as well, titled After the amen. But first, let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had those moments, especially those of you who are over the age of 20, all right, where you just cannot keep up with technology? I mean, you're just like, I'm tapping out. I, don't, I can't do it anymore. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I need a seven-year-old to guide me through technology because they know a lot more than I do. But technology is beating me and I can't keep up. The other day it was something so simple. I was trying to record my screen and I'm like, I know how to do this. I know how to do this, but I couldn't remember. And I refused to ask a, a, a teenager how to record my screen. So I went to YouTube and that was the wrong thing to do because how to record your screen. There was a, there was a 14 second video and then a 14 minute video. And I'm like, well, now, which one do I listen to? So I knew if there's one for 14 seconds that it had to be super easy. And of course, 
I actually wish they would have called me an idiot when they came on the video and told me how, how quick it was just to scroll down, hit the record button, and then you're recording your screen uh, live. But I couldn't figure it out. I thought, this is, this is ridiculous that I can't remember how to do this. But technology is not waiting on us. It is waiting for us to catch up with it. It's not the other way around. I remember a few years ago, I went to a Packer game, Packer uh, a Raider game, and so we took the BART. Anyone ever taken the BART? The Bay Area Rapid Transit? I'm just so glad that there's not a Fresno Area Rapid Transit. Some of you will get that later, okay. But I remember how confusing it was for me to stand there and try to get my ticket into the Bay. And it reminded me of when Janet and I took a trip to uh, New York and we had to get our subway pass. So we go up to the, the, the kiosk and it's in a few different languages. There's lots of instructions. And you try to follow several screens of information of where you're going. Do you need a round trip? Is this a one-way ticket? Uh, do you want to add funds to your card? Do you want a card for the entire week? And then there's this moment when you feel like you've done all you can do and now you're just waiting. You've, you've, hit, you've hit all the buttons. you put your debit card in, and now you're just waiting. And then that thought goes through your mind. Okay, is it going to print my ticket now? I mean, am I just supposed to stand here? Do I just get on? Is there another step? It's, it's this moment of not sure what's next. And then all the people behind you, they know what they're doing. You don't. And now they're waiting on you to get out of, to get out of the way. And it's this tension of just waiting you're thinking, I'm not sure if it's my move or your move of what to do next with this computer. Well, this weekend, like I said, we're starting this new series called After the Amen. And it's that moment when you've prayed, but now what? Sometimes like that subway ticket dispenser, you're not sure what to do next. You're saying, did I, did I pray right? Did I say the right words? Am I waiting on God now? Is he waiting on me and then there's this tension between the amen and the answer, right? There's this gap. There's this space, the waiting. And most of us have been there. It's this challenging place to be. But let's go back to the beginning. Before we actually dive into the wait, before we dive into the gap, let's talk about this beautiful invitation to pray. I mean, what is prayer? The very idea of us talking and communicating with the creator of the universe seems so surreal. In fact, it, it seems pretty audacious. I mean, the audacity that we as humans can speak to and really connect with God is kind of revolutionary. It's full of wonder and mystery. It's an invitation to speak with a holy God, or as Jesus says, to ask, to seek, and to knock. But no matter how unfathomable the thought is, Jesus is inviting us. Actually, you could say that Jesus is actually pleading with us to do just that. It's kind of like a kid climbing into the arms of a, of a loving parent. Prayer is personal. Prayer can be intimate. It's about opening our heart to a loving father who truly knows you better than you know yourself, who truly cares about you, who truly has a plan for you because he loves you so much. It's trusting God with our deepest needs. It's trusting God with our deepest worries and desires and wounds and hurt and dreams, everything, no matter how big, no matter how small, bringing it all to him and really experiencing his presence. That's what he's inviting us into anyway. He's inviting us into a relationship with his presence. 
his limitless peace, his extravagant grace. So I want to encourage you to pray without ceasing. Pray for each other and praise him for all of his faithfulness because there is power in prayer. These are the words of Jesus regarding prayer. He says this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The God of the universe, the one who made you and me, says ask and keep asking, to seek and to keep seeking me, to knock and keep on knocking. Now I want to encourage you this weekend to keep on doing that, not just during this series, but beyond, to keep praying. But know that in my heart that it's not my plan for any of us to walk out of here with guilt and with shame and saying, yes, Jeremy, I know I need to pray more because I believe all of us could say that, me included. No, I want us to come to the end of this series from a different direction, to say I've prayed, but now what? What comes after the amen? Well, here at New Life, if you've been around here for a while, you know that we talk a lot about prayer. And I know that many of us feel intimidated when we have to pray around other people, but when it comes down to it, prayer is simply talking to God. We even have things like the Lord's Prayer to help guide us, to help teach us how to pray. I mean, Jesus was actually answering the disciples because they had just asked him, Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And then Jesus said this, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, and then you know the rest if you grew up in church. So we've got to come to this idea of maybe there's no formula for the gap, for the waiting because we have a template for prayer, but do we really have a template for waiting? What comes after the amen? Because we've all prayed some pretty heavy prayers in here, haven't we? All of us. Sometimes God intervenes. Sometimes he acts on our behalf of our prayers. But I would guess that many of us have prayed some pretty serious prayers about some pretty serious stuff in our lives, and we've needed God to come through, and he hasn't done it yet. And we keep asking, where are you, God? I thought if I prayed that you would answer. We find ourselves in that gap. I know I'm not alone. (laughs) We've all been there. It's kind of like sending a text to God, and then all of a sudden you see the three bubbles come up. You're just kind of sitting there, and you're just sitting there waiting. You're like, man, he must be writing a lot (laughs) to me because those bubbles have been up there for a while. Now they have a bubble emoji. If you really want to torture somebody, just send that. But you send a, you send a text to somebody and, and it comes back. And then it's, it's sometimes I feel like I'm praying to God. And if I were to send a text, hey, God, I really need you to intervene in my life right now. There's this issue I'm going through. There's a circumstance I'm going through. And I really need your help. And if I were to send that text, sometimes in my life, I feel like the text that comes back is a thumbs up. What does that mean? 
Are you going to do something about it, God? Do you just, did you just hear it? We're not sure what to do after that. Amen. So have you ever lived in that tension of asking yourself, so what do I have to do to get God's attention? What do I have to do? What do I have to say? Maybe you think you have to do like a little extra thing to get God to listen and respond, depending on your background. Maybe you think it's not until you do a few more Hail Marys or Our Fathers. Maybe you won't get God's attention until you give a little extra in the offering. Or if you grew up in, in, in the kind of faith background that I did, if you attend four Sundays in a row, pray more, serve more, give more. Lord, I'm begging you. We all carry our own faith and background baggage in our new relationship with Jesus, don't we? And it's all that stuff that we project onto God instead of owning ourselves. And there's this tension that we, often, that we often live in when it comes to our prayer. You see, we have this propensity to believe that I have to earn my way to an answered prayer. That if I pray about the same thing three times a day for seven weeks, then God will answer my prayer because obviously he's forgotten about the prayer since yesterday. So I need to remind God again today. So what is it? What is it that you do? after you pray that you think you've got to do to get God's attention. So during this series, like I said, I'm praying that you will come to a new place in regards to prayer, that you will come to a new place in regards to how you really believe that God sees you and his heart towards you. I'm praying that there'll be a, a lessening of detention during the wait as you seek and as you ask and as you knock. So let me give you a couple of things this weekend, and then we're going to enter to a time of communion and come to the source of it all, which is Jesus. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If not, the notes are actually in your app. If you go to your app and pull up uh, today's message, you'll see the notes there. But number one says this, God is inviting me to faithfully follow while I'm waiting. God is inviting me to faithfully follow while I'm waiting. You see, when it comes to our prayers, both us and God have a part to play. Did you know that? There's actually a part that I have to play in my prayer, and there's a part that God plays in his prayer. Think of it like this. Have you ever taken a lesson for, for something? Guitar, maybe painting or golf or anything like that. Ever give lessons, ever take lessons? I used to take guitar lessons back in the day, and then I, then I used to give guitar lessons. And so I know what it's like to be the student and to be the teacher, so imagine you coming up to me and asking me to teach you how to play that really super cool C-sharp minor seven chord. It's one of my favorite chords. I love it. So I show you how to do this chord, but then you never do it. You never practice it. I had a part to play in teaching you, but you have a part to play in learning and practicing it. In John 9, there's this healing that Jesus brings uh, an answer to a prayer. Look what he says in John 9, chapter, or verses 1 through 7. As Jesus was walking along, 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 he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in this world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with his saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, this is an interesting answer 
to a prayer. This man wants to see. And he cries out, Rabbi, I want to see. And so Jesus spits on the ground, makes some mud, puts it over his eyes. Now, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I can imagine being blind and saying, Rabbi, I want to see. And then hearing, oh. (laughs) Now, if I was the blind man, I'd be like, okay, (laughs) hang on just a second here because that's. That's not what I asked for, all right? That doesn't sound like I'm about to see. He had to be thinking, what is about to happen here? But here's the key part. That's not the act that instantly healed him. Think about this. This man had a part to play in obedience and trust and faithfulness. Jesus said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And this man could have at any time said, forget it. I want to see right now. Just do it now. But Jesus invited this man to not just wait in the neutral, not in just hanging this hanging on kind of a place, but to keep faithfully following. Told him to go wash in the pool. Think of all he would have missed out on if he had not done what Jesus asked him to do. If he'd have got halfway there and thought, this is stupid. I'm embarrassed. I've got mud on my eye mixed in with this guy's spit. What's this guy thinking? But he didn't miss out. He kept faithfully following while waiting for the answer. You see, I think most of us as as followers of Jesus, most of us as believers think that waiting is this static kind of do nothing moment, this season that we're in, but that's not what that means at all. We tend to dislike waiting rooms, right? Because they're this, it's this interrupted nothing place. We don't like waiting at the DMV because, I mean, let's face it, it's the DMV, right? But in the Bible, waiting is not static. In the Bible, waiting is active. It's active waiting. I'm waiting by going to God continually. I'm waiting by having times of quiet. I'm waiting by serving others. I'm waiting while worshiping. Waiting is faithfully following while living in this tension between the amen at the end of our prayer and the answer. Sometimes that gap is small. Sometimes that gap can be really wide. And it's frustrating. I get it. And that takes us to number two. God is inviting me to take the next step with him. God is inviting me to take the next step with him. All through scripture, we see that God invites us to bring our needs and our request to bring it all to him. Whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance, whatever issue, he says, come. But after the amen, in that tension between the asking and the answer, God invites us to follow in obedience and take the next right step with him. What is that next right step while we're in that gap, while we're in that waiting? There was a paralyzed man in scripture who wanted Jesus uh, to heal him. That's his prayer, right? Jesus, I want you to heal me. In his circumstance, the person that he was praying to or talking to in this situation was actually in the flesh right in front of him. Now, I know we don't get that privilege. He wanted to get well, but all he had, but he had all these reasons why he couldn't get well. He gave Jesus all these excuses. He wanted to walk but he gave all these excuses of why he wouldn't be able to. And then Jesus finally looked at him, John 5, 8, and says, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, this guy could have thought, oh, I can't do that. I was born like this. I'm not able to do that. I can't walk. But the amen was done. 
But would he actually take the next step with Jesus? We see again in Luke 17, Jesus was heading towards Jerusalem. And on his way there, he passed 10 people who were suffering from leprosy. And they all cried out to Jesus as he walked by to heal them. And here's what happened, Luke 17, 14. He looked up and said, go show yourselves to the priest. Look at this. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They didn't just make the request and then sit. They obeyed. Their healing came as they took a step towards the priest. As they were obedient to Jesus, that's when their healing came. It didn't come in the moment. The amen was said. The answer was ahead But they were in this gap. Do we obey? Do we take the next step? They did the next right thing that Jesus asked. And all through scripture, we see this similar pattern. We pray. God responds in his time. But my part is to follow in obedience. Another uh, example of Joshua, uh, God answering Joshua, when he prayed over the promised land, he came up to the river It's flowing super fast. It's that flood stage. But then God told him to take some guys, pick up the ark, and enter the Jordan River. Cross it. Now, anytime you could have said, there's no way. It's already at flood stage. Look how fast it's going. We'll be killed. The whole Israelite nation will be annihilated right here in the Jordan River. We can't do that. But instead, he said, pick up the ark and let's go. And as their feet got wet, the Jordan stopped flowing. It was their act of obedience. The miracle didn't happen until they acted. In all these biblical situations, we see the final moment, right? We see the amen, the wait, and then we also see the answer. But for many of us in this room, our story isn't over. I would dare say that most of us in this room are in a wait somewhere, in a prayer. We're still in the in-between. We're living in this gap. We're living in this tension of waiting for God to answer a prayer for us. We're in the middle. You've prayed. You've said your amen. You've asked God to intervene in some area, some situation in your life. And the wait is hard. Waiting can bring us to a place of doubt. After a little while, we just say, I don't don't even know if I believe that God can do this anymore. Or fear. Fear. We get so overcome with culture and the fear around us that we just say, you know what? I'm not sure that God can do this anymore. So there's doubt and fear at the same time. We've all been there. But in those times of waiting, our trust and our faith get down to the very core. This is what, this is what really kind of puts the rubber to the road with our walk with Jesus, right? Do I really believe that he heard me, do I really believe that he's still going to answer this prayer? What is my faith and what is my trust really built on? Is it that God is my personal genie in a bottle waiting to just grant all my wishes? Is he this slot machine and I put a quarter in God and I pull the arm and I'm just waiting to hit it big with God? Or is it a recognition of his goodness? Is it a recognition of his grace and his ultimate purpose that he's still working out on the inside of me? Am I willing to trust and take the next right step towards him? And again, this is not about trying to work our way to an answered prayer. This is not about trying to force God's hand with a look what I'm doing for your kingdom so you owe me. This is not denying a quiet and obedient heart waiting before the Lord. 
This is about seeking his will. It's about seeking his way in this time of tension, in this time of waiting, in this gap, in this middle between the amen and the answer. What is it that the Lord is inviting you into right now? Maybe to spend more time in scripture. Maybe more moments of solitude. Maybe more opportunities to serve someone. Maybe to be more forgiving. Maybe to be more kind. Maybe to truly love our neighbor like ourselves. We've asked, and now we're seeking him in our next steps. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. God is faithful, not just while we wait, but while we faithfully follow him and work. I'm going to invite uh, Tito to come up and, and as we get ready for our time of communion. Let me just ask you this. Get a little more personal here than I've already gotten. You've said the amen to something in your life and now you're waiting. Maybe here's some examples. You've said amen to praying for your marriage. Now keep loving your spouse. Maybe seek some counseling. If they won't go with you, maybe you seek your own counseling. You've said, you've said amen to praying for your addiction. Keep moving forward. Keep coming to celebrate recovery that we have at the Turlock campus on Monday nights. Keep moving forward. You've said amen to praying for your kids that you're estranged from. Maybe they won't have anything to do with you. Maybe they're not following God. Whatever that, whatever that prayer is that you've said the amen for your kids, let me encourage you to keep reaching out to your children. It's your job as the parent to to keep trying to connect with your kids. You say, my kids, I haven't talked to my kids in two years. They never call me. Then you call them. They never answer. Keep calling. You're the mom. You're the dad. Keep loving them. Maybe you've said the amen to your career, praying for a job. Keep filling out those resumes. Keep filling out those applications. Maybe you've said amen to praying for a horrible boss. Keep faithfully serving them. Maybe you've said amen to praying for lazy employees, your, your business owner. Guess what? Keep praying and keep coaching them just like God were, were to be in the room. Maybe this is your line. You say, God, I'm praying that you would blank. But until then, I'll keep blank. Fill in your own blanks. God, I'm praying that you would blank, but until then, I'll keep blank. So it's after the amen, and I'm going to ask, will you keep trusting him in the wait, in the gap, in the middle, in the tension? Can you see his hand at work in the tension of circumstances in life? Over the next few weeks, we're going to wade into this, and it's going to be tense like it is now. I think God's okay with tension. I think God loves for us to be in the tension because it causes us to be more reliant on him and less reliant on me. My prayer is that each of us would see and experience God's presence and his invitation to come close. So as we enter into a time of communion, 
I think back to Jesus in the garden right before he was arrested. Now, that was a tense moment. He's praying. He's praying so hard. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And then Jesus revealed his heart and his desire, his true heart, his true desire when he said, but not my will. Your will be done, Father. There was the prayer. There was the amen. And then this waiting to see God's ultimate answer and fulfillment. We come to Jesus in prayer and we learn to trust and follow him. We don't trust and follow him during the prayer. The trust and the true obedience comes after the amen. Next week, we're going to dive into that. So I purposely, a lot of times in our messages, we'll kind of have a, a practical thing to do. This is what I'm taking from this, and I'm going to apply this to my, to my life and my relationship with God. But Pastor Dave and I, when we were praying through this and putting this message together, I said, you know what? I think it's okay for us to, be, to live in that tension for a week. And say, Jeremy, what is the next right step? Don't worry about that right now. Learn to be okay in the middle. Learn to be okay in the gap. Learn to be okay in the weight, in the tension. Next week, we're going to see what it looks like to take the next right step after the amen. But for now, we're going to do communion. Go ahead and take out your elements. We'll give you just a few seconds to take off those layers there. If you didn't get uh, an element, can you just slip your hand up so we can get those to you? Um, Marianne, is Marianne in here? Oh, there she is. Right behind you there, Marianne. Anyone else not get an element you want to participate? Okay, we have a couple back there. We'll wait. We're in no hurry. While we're waiting, I think this is a good time to just kind of um, reflect on your life. Paul gives us a warning not to participate in communion if there's things, if there's struggle on the inside of us, if there's sin. So uh, we can take just the next few, few moments, close your eyes, and just if there's any tension between you and God, anything that you need to clean up, clear up, you can do that right now in the next few, few moments. Jesus, sometimes we, we rush through these moments. Lord, thank you for convicting Pastor Dave and I as we are putting this message together to slow down, to slow down this moment, to slow down this, this time of communion, to be more reflective on what you did all those years ago the sacrifice that you paid for us, Lord. You paid a debt that none of us could ever pay. We owed it, but we couldn't pay it. So you came down and paid the price for us with your body, with your blood. And on this day, we reflect on that. 
could just lift your wafer up. Jesus, thank you for your body. This wafer symbolizes the broken body, your broken body for our sin. And we remember that this morning. Thank you for allowing your body to be broken for our sins. By standing in the gap and paying our debt. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat. And in the same manner, Jesus took the juice. He passed it around and said, this symbolizes my blood that's going to cover all the sins of humanity, past, present, and future. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Lord, since the beginning of time, it's always taken blood to cover sin, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. When you sacrificed that animal and took that skin that was dripping with blood and covered their bodies, Lord, it's always taken blood. No amount of blood was good enough, Lord, so you came down and allowed your blood to be spilled to cover our sin, to cleanse us so that we can have a, a right fellowship with you today and an eternal fellowship with you in the future. Thank you for your sacrifice. We accept that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink. This song has been on my heart for about a month. Many of you may know it if you grew up in church. And I've been kind of humming it to myself over the last month, just in my quiet times. And without even saying anything to Dave, when we sat down a couple of weeks ago and we were kind of mapping out the message, he said, hey, what would happen if uh, at the end of next week's service, you and I both close with this song? And it's the song that I've been humming to myself over the last month. It's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Maybe you know it. If you do, I'm going to sing it and just sing it along. Tito's going to play for me. <laughs> Got me. It goes like this. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry. Think about these words. Everything to God in prayer. Think about this. Listen. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. And it's all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let's go back to the peace part. 
And oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Feel this, feel this. It's all because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. All because we do not care. It's all because you and I, we don't care. Everything to God in prayer. God is your friend. He's not just your God, but he's your friend. Nothing is too heavy for him that you're going through. Nothing. If we'll only bring it to him. Bring your burdens to him. There's peace that you don't have in your life because you're not carrying your burdens to Jesus. And Jesus is standing there with his arms open wide saying, bring it to me. Lay it here. Don't walk away with it. Let me give you peace. There's, there's, a, there's tension in that gap, I know. Because you're not going to walk away and say, everything's great now. This prayer that I've been praying for a month or a year or five years, it's finally answered like that. May not happen. Be okay with living in the middle, living in the gap, and know that God knows everything you're going through. Bring it to him and lay it down and trust him. Be here next week. Bring somebody with you as we learn about what's the next right step from me. Because it's, it's, it's going to be different than your, than your neighbor. Their next right step is going to be different than yours. Don't follow their next right step. You pray to God and say, what's my next right step? Hey, we love you. Let me pray over a blessing over you. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone here. Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone here, God, as they go out. Lord, keep them safe. Watch over us. Protect us. Father, let us learn to live in the tension, to live in the gap, to live in the middle, and know that you are still working in our lives. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean you're not active. We bless you. Go with us, Lord. Multiply us as we come back next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here this morning. Don't forget, if you're a guest here, we have a gift for you. We have all kinds of things happening. Don't forget, middle school, high school kicks off this week, the big kickoff uh, happening on Tuesday and Wednesday. Men's Bible study this Tuesday, women's Bible study next week. Make sure you register if you want to uh, child care for your children, okay? Hey, we love you. There's a lot of great things happening here. Keep coming back. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless.